When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, it's time! Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up! In the jungle, we unite and up! Trippin' on your black and white, all day when we fight, live and die in these stripes, uh! Now who got a move rockin' on? Now who wanna move crossin' on? Now who wanna move bottom? If you got stripes, then you let the city know you rock them, there we go! Welcome to Bengals and Brews. I am Del Altman, joined by my co-host, Big Savage Greg, the Pork Chop, Hootay Joe, and special guest today is Game on Five One Three. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? How's it What's going? Just, day. Woke up, just woke up from a daily sleep, and you're not wearing pants for anyone else. I'm not else wearing who, pants. You told us I that literally right before this show started. I put what on up, a shirt, Parker? but I didn't hey, put Parker. on any pants. It's up to everybody in the chat, Crip, Stranger, Jesse, Matt, Parker, Kevin. Appreciate you guys tuning in, as always. We uh, always appreciate the support. Don't know how long we're going to have game on today, so we're we're just going to get right into it. There's not a lot of new news. The Bengals are on their little summer break here after a mandatory mini camp before they come back for actual training camp here at the uh, about a month from now, toward uh, July 26th, I think it was, Greg? Uh, yes, I believe so, yes. So July 26th, they'll be back. But uh, till then, you know, we'll have some fun shows. Maybe we'll rank some helmets one day. We'll do some different stuff. But today, we haven't had game on before. So so welcome, sir. And uh, tell the people about you if they don't know already, which they probably do. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I'm at Game on J Money on Twitter. I run a daily Twitter space. Usually Mondays and Fridays all day, um, and then Tuesdays through Thursdays it's after work. Uh, just been pretty much a a lifelong Bengals fan, Reds fan. Uh, I'm I'm alumni of the University of Cincinnati, so I, I rep the Bearcats pretty hardcore. Um, and and uh, you know finally you know, got recognized by a bunch of different people. They love what I'm spitting, and here I am, fellas. Yeah, awesome. man, I love the the energy and the knowledge you always bring is always nice. So you know, we always love to to have people on, and you know, we keep it usually a recurring thing. So you might as well just get used to us. Fuck yeah! And look <laughs> at this, I got my beer today. 
It is Midwest Luau Tropical IPA. Somebody left this at my house. I found it. Nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is what we're rolling with today, fellas. It's a it's a gloomy day outside. I figured I'd bring a little tropicalness to this podcast today. And I would say I'm a Miller Lite, but I, I might have one here in a minute. So I've got this rum first, a little a little uh, spiced rum, a little cheap Lady Bly with some uh, some cola. So ooh, and I got water with Kool Aid mix in it because I I got to work once again. It's fair. Yeah. I got a fridge full of Miller Lights, though. No Four Locos? No, man. I'm done with Four Loco. I don't know if you know about me and the Four Loco game on, but uh. it's not a good mix, buddy. <laughs> it's not a good my... mix for anybody. It's... No, that's what I said, man. I'm a guy that had to learn every lesson I got the hard way, man. And I learned <laughs> more than once. Hardest. More than once. Pork, pork chop, more you ever watched uh, Rusty Featherstone? You know who that is? No. Okay, I got to send you a clip. He actually yes. did a he did a uh, beer he does beer reviews and he did Four Loco as one of his reviews, and he drank six of them in one night. Whoa! It's hilarious. He's still over. alive. He's still alive. He's still alive. That's that's a surprising. Part. I went to uh, Strawberry Ice's house, man, and I had six Bud Lights and then topped it off with a Four Loco, and then. The next thing I know, I woke up in my bedroom and it was four o'clock in the morning. I had no idea how I got there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Makes got me there. black out. Yeah. Greg knows how I got there because he he drove me to the house and then he was scared of my wife. Yeah, like I've <laughs> never had more than one. I think I've drank four loco maybe two or three times in my life. All times blackout. But I never drank more than one. I mean, I, I drink other stuff yeah. too. I got to tell you though, every time I go to UDF, man, I walk past that four locos to go to the beer cave and I hear it. It's like. Hey, yeah remember me that was fun i, I looked at it this morning when i was picking up a six or a, a miller light he just can't help himself he's gonna he's gonna end up doing it again because you know i am i mean I know. i'm an idiot four loco is what i'll drink if i really hit rock bottom in life and i just want to forget <laughs> everything or or if that's you what i'm see, getting the four loco if you want to see what rock bottom's like people are like you got to hit rock bottom be like well fuck it i got me a can of rock bottom right here <laughs> yeah. or you're super low on funds and it's like i got like three bucks what am i gonna do i want to get all fucked up man i want to get fucked up and all i got is three bucks four it's loco, better baby. than a cult right better than yeah. a cult I, you know you what? Go. I haven't had Colt. Maybe I need to try that next. Mm, yeah, no go. Yeah, no, no, go. don't do it. Liquor, so. It's like I'll four locos. You know, people, like that, people are saying something's better, like four locos better than something. That means you don't want to try the other thing, child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but anyways, we won't really uh, pass this around the horn too much because our opinions on a lot of this stuff has been out there. So a lot of this will be more directed to uh, game on here. So, um, uh, and you guys can ask questions too, as you think of them. But we'll just start kind of with free agency and uh, maybe some moves you didn't see coming, whether that was guys we retained or didn't retain, and then uh, moves you liked and just how you think the overall free agency went for us this year. So straight up free agency. I mean, I think every single one of us, the night that Orlando Brown Jr. got signed was absolutely fun. like we we had no idea that was coming. Right. I'm sitting there watching the Bearcats win in an IT game. My phone goes off and I'm like, holy shit, the Bengals just did something. And my wife's like, quiet it down. Our two kids are sleeping. I'm like, no, not going to quiet it down. We got to left tackle the future. Let's go. <laughs> ran downstairs, opened up his face, was on yeah. until like 2.30 in the morning. It was crazy night for us. I mean, you guys know how, how, I mean, uncertain the offensive line has been in the depth yep. of the offensive line. And to get somebody like Orlando Brown 
you know, four-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro, uh, Super Bowl champion. It's just, it, it was music to my ears. And, and at the value that we got. I was going to say, at 16 mil, insane. too. Yeah. Insane. So, so I mean, that one, I wasn't expecting to lose Von Bell. I know everybody. Yeah, I would agree. I think that was a yeah, lot right. of us. That was, that, that was a hard one. That was like, okay, well, we got the veteran presence in Vaughn to really help along Dax Hill. We're going to be really good at safety for a really long time. So, wasn't expecting to lose Von Bell. And then the pivoting uh, at tight end, you know, I, 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 part of me was like, okay, Hayden Hurst might come back. And then part of me was like, okay, we're going to get one of these other tight ends. I didn't actually think it would be Irv Smith. I thought Irv Smith would be interested in multiple teams and, you know, another team would probably choose him for his athleticism. But I go back to the Bengals and what they did for CJ Uzama, what they've done for Hayden Hurst, you know, guy coming in one great year, bam, finds a huge deal the year after. Yep. And so that's a, to me, that's a match made in heaven. And I think they can really expand on that. Um, I mean, other than that, man. Oh, oh. Trevor Simeon, right? Not oh, really. Yeah. Brandon Allen. That's good. And, okay. So Brandon Allen, a cerebral mind, right? He, he allows Burrow to see everything on the field. You know, they're always in each other's ear on the sideline. Not resigning Brandon Allen. I was like, okay, well, are they going to go for that type of quarterback that sees the field really well but just can't put it together himself? Or are they going to go after a legitimate backup quarterback? And, fellas, they went after a legitimate backup quarterback and Trevor Simeon two years ago 11 touchdowns three interceptions I think 95 quarterback rating in like six games with the Saints ended up five and one I mean yeah. you got before that. before that they went after Cooper Rush and I didn't see that it at is. all no, like, no didn't see it <laughs> I but like, I wow. mean when you when you go up against a quarterback that kind of picks you apart and he did in that first half of the game and he used Noah Brown to, to the best of his ability doing that um, you can't help but but want that for your team, right? So, I, I just didn't. I, I was like, man, right then and there, I was like, oh shit, they're actually going to try to improve this backup position. And I still think Simeon will probably be more of a one year, you know. And yeah. like you, you, you're a little higher on him than I guess some of us are. But I mean, you, what you're saying is all truth. So you know, if he can just be a little bit better, you know, if you need him in a bench, like that's the thing. He's never going to be able to replace Burrow if he's out multiple games. But we're talking like, oh, Burrow's dinged up for a half. You know, maybe it's a don't Those, you know concussion protocol thing or something. You just yeah. never know. We're talking about the number one seed, right? If the ultimate goal is to get the number one seed, if Burrow goes out for two games, you need a quarterback to step in. You would rather have a Trevor Simeon than a Brandon out every single day of the week to help you out there. And and, and if he knows the system. You know, he's worked with Burrow in the offseason. He understands everything well. I think he'll come in and he'll do just fine because the rest of the team around him, it's set up for success. So, Well, Phil took our shot, man. He called our shot, so we got to bring him to the river now. Can't leave Phil hanging. Uh, Is is there – was there a free agent out there that you had your eye on? You're like, man, he'd look really good in stripes. Like, I know for for me – um, like I, I and Greg, we were both on Gasicki, uh, and another guy we talked about on the show, like Dale and I talked a lot about Jarek McKinnon. W- were there any guys that were out there? You're like, man, I really hope we could get him, and and we didn't land. I'll yeah, toss uh, up Juwan Taylor real quick too. Was one before the yeah. process started. I was right. like, oh, right tackle. You know, was the thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Leonard Floyd 
was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Nine sacks the past three years or nine plus sacks the past three years. And just, just that level of production to be able to rotate in and out. And then the other one was Matt Ioannidis. I wanted at three tech. I just He's feel still like out there. Got, got a raw deal really? last year. I don't know what they're doing with that quarter. Did you see he's 310 pounds? That's I not did. a three tech, people. We got to debate. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we got to talk about it. 310 pounds is not a three tech. Three tech is like 280, 285 max. Maybe they move Cam Sample over. There's something brewing there, people. I don't know what we're doing at three tech, but it sounds to me like Zach Quarter might be moving more of that off nose DJ Reader type back, you know, uh, backup position. I have no idea, but three ten that's a lot for three ten. Yeah, yeah, because he played at Florida what around the two eighty two ninety mark. I don't Man, know what he was at last year, but I'm yeah. sure it was similar. Two eighty five, two eighty five. Yeah. Well, that's what I read so, is over the off season he put on twenty pounds of muscle. Yeah, so I mean. I mean, maybe if he kept his speed and agility and I I don't know, we'll see, I guess, if he's still. The one thing that I loved about him first year, even though he wasn't so much of a pass rusher, was he was a really, really good run defender. And you could count on him, especially in that Ravens game. I think he had three critical stops in that Ravens game that helped us get off the field, especially in the in the closing of that game, late in that game. Um so I, I would like to see them expand on that. And maybe they know that. And maybe they're giving guys like Cam Sample an opportunity inside. The guy who he's like 275, 280. Maybe they move him inside and, and they have a real plan there. Chop says some weird shit. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a crip. But uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, my brother said Juan Thornhill. I think after we lost both safeties, I was I was kind of interested in him. And um, who was the other guy? I, we ended up with Nick yeah. Scott as an uh, agent we brought in. But who was the other Rams player that I thought? Taylor Rapp. Yeah, yeah Taylor that Rapp. ended up with the and, Bills. And I reached out to uh, – there's Tom Kortz who runs the Rams beat. Um, and then there's, uh, there's another guy out there whose name precludes me right now. But – both of them were saying that Nick Scott was the more sought-after player than Taylor Rapp. Even though the PFF grades show Taylor Rapp probably at a, at a higher level. Yeah, he was. They were, they were enamored with wanting back Nick Scott just because of what he did for their team, how hard of a hitter he was, that veteran presence, the big winning moments. He had the interception, I think, against the Seahawks in the playoffs. Um, he had a really, really good run in that 2021 season when – you know, he was on that defense. They went to the Super Bowl. They won against us. And he played really, really well in those playoffs. So I, I think their fan base were, was really looking forward to him building with that team. Well, that's what yeah. I feel yeah. like is that yeah. when, they, when the two of them came in, everybody here in Cincinnati wanted Taylor Rapp. And we were all, yeah. and then we got Nick Scott. We're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And you know what they said? They said, look, he's fine in the box, but he's slow as shit. You can't really use him deep at all. Taylor yeah. Rapp will get burned. And, and and as far as him going one on one with somebody, it's he's toast. Like it, it doesn't work out. But if you keep him in the box, he'll be fine. And with Nick Scott, they're like, dude can cover deep. He can cover over the middle. There were certain situations where they used them, and we felt like he could be used differently. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Lou taps into that, and that's something that we can build on. Hey, yeah, five one five one three. So right. in the NFL draft, I was at Paycor for the draft night. I guarantee you, everybody in that room thought it was going to be Michael Mayer, me including myself and all that. I mean, so when we got Miles Murphy, I was—I I don't want to say I was mad. I was just in shock like a bunch of other people right. were. 
looking back now, I'm happy about it. Uh, my, my question to you is, of draft overall, who was your favorite pick of the draft if you had to pick one? Oh, like, I, I think I got to go with DJ Turner, right? Yes. Take a look. We take a look at DJ Turner. Love this guy. Press man, top-rated corner in the NCAA. Um, you know, that that's what the Bengals like to run that combo, right? One side zone, the other side press man. That's why Cheeto was the most targeted quarterback before he got hurt uh, last year in those nine games. He was targeted like nine nine times a game, and Eli was targeted like three. And it's because he was playing pre- he was either playing press or he was playing man coverage the entire game. So you know to get his replacement DJ Turner, you get that speed. You also get the element, fellas, of if we're in a Mike Hilton versus uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling situation. Now we can put DJ Turner in that we got a little speed in there. We got somebody who could keep up with them in the interior. And all he really needs to do is just bulk up a little bit on the upper body to sure. be able to handle that physicality at the point of attack. DJ Burner. There yeah. you go. That's it, right? Drago. Oh, love it. Juan I mean, when Drago. a man's got a name, he literally has a name, Juan Drago. You can't fuck with that. Yeah. Right. It strike right. fear and the people just coming yeah. on the field with him. Well, 513, if you follow me, you'll know who my favorite pick of the draft was, which was Yossi Voss out of Princeton. I mean – I just think he's going to be major steal. I got, I got to ask your thing on Yossi Bosch. Oh, man. I mean, you got Olympic speed, and they've already said that he's been excelling at Gunner. That's everything that you wanted from a special team situation. Last year, you know, Dax Hill, when he was asked to play that position, had a couple of blunders, didn't work out. Stanley Morgan, not really the type of guy that you want on the field for your offense. He's been a great special teamer, but you need a guy – that is multifaceted. I love the fact that he's playing well as a gunner. You can yeah. use that Olympic speed. And then maybe, this is the this is a suggestion that I threw out. Remember the Chiefs game, week, week 13, uh, Chris Evans comes on the field. He's the forgotten man, the crossing route touchdown, yep. right? What if Yoshivash is that guy, right? What if oh you God, got Greg will Jay come all over the entire fucking stadium. Dude, I will go with my shirt off like oh. stadium. What, what if you got all four of those guys on the big? Who are you guarding, fellas? Who right. you got? Exactly. All of them have all of them have great intangibles that you can't teach to anybody. Three of them are number one wide receivers, and Yoshi is the forgotten man on the field. He's going to get crazy. And my comparison for him, me and my one of my buddies and I talked off pod uh, about him. He reminds me a lot of like a Christian Watson, fellas. I feel like he can do like a lot of jet sweeps. If you get him open in space, it can be a real disaster for the defense. I really love him. Greg, do you need to excuse yourself? Yeah, I need to take care of something. Buddy, I need to do. I really need to excuse myself. Man, hold on for one second. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. I'm good, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was, that was, that was it. That was just right there, man, dude. dude. Greg, I'm proud of you for keeping your shirt on that whole time. I know, man. I mean, I don't want to scare him off immediately, but dude, that was, that was awesome, bro. I mean, Greg, God, Greg I've seen you on uh, obviously Bengals and Bruce, but you've been on another. Uh, on a couple of other podcasts, and I, I've commented on them. I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm, brother. Keep it up. That's well, what Day Nation's all about. He, he wants to see oh, Greg yeah. uh, like the, hey, the rest of them. They don't, they, don't, they don't call me Sam. The, uh, the, 
the wide receiver, the, the wide receiver debate. Remember the all-time wide receivers, and Greg, and, and we talked. He talked about Randy Moss. He talked about T. Oh, yeah. oh, we, we were just what? fucking. No, he was just messing with me, man. Ours was, was actually Jerry Rice as well. Oh, I know. We were, right. he, at one point, he like took his shirt off and he swung it around. He was going crazy. That's a yeah, good question a for man. you, though, Game On. What is the who's the best, the number one tight end in the history yeah, of the, the NFL? Tight end so far? is great. Tight end. Don't get this wrong, oh, buddy. You're this on my good side. Little, this Do not get on my bad side. This oh, this is tough, man. Do not get on my bad side. This is tough. He threatens people. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, You'll get I the bat out in a minute. Who, who I remember mean, who you were so passionate about. I mean, so, so I mean, I'm a 90 guy right i i was born in 90 so i watched the the shannon sharps of the world the tony gonzalez's i've watched travis kelsey i've watched rob Gronkowski. i mean no hints greg it, it's rob Gronkowski with brady man it he 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 helped win in so many critical moments Some damn wd-40 on that chair in the greg. super bowl <laughs> yeah. It just feels like Rob is that guy, man. And he came out of nowhere. Nobody saw him coming. I think he was a third rounder of a second. I think he went. Did he go second from Arizona? It was his back issues. Like I think, and then Hernandez, I think, went third. They but a lot of people were they were killers in that draft. They didn't know what he could be. You know what 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 kind of tight end he would be. It wasn't like an extreme amount of hype around this guy. Like he didn't have he didn't have that kind of hype. And he ended up just just blossoming into this guy that Brady could rely on in key critical situations, in big-time games. And time and time and time again, he delivered. He delivered against the Steelers. He delivered against, you know, the Falcons. He delivered against all these teams, the Carolina Panthers, all these teams that um, that that one that ended up winning them Super Bowls or ended up winning them critical games. Man, I've never seen Greg's orgasm face oh until God. just now. Yeah. Like, one after Greg another, is crushing on you yeah, so hard right now. I took Yossi if and if I were it to off give my other two, they're both in Kansas City. One of them is Travis Kelsey, and the other one, third right now for me, Johnson. would be Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Greg don't yeah, care we, about two and three as long as you hit that uh, number one. Yeah. Uh, Iceman Ice would say sharp, which Iceman keeps being in the chat, and he, like, I don't know why he didn't just come on today, but and he's talking reds, which we're not – Logan Reds right now. And then uh, my brother here says, baby Gronk is already the best tight end according to that. <laughs> hey, have, you, hey. have you guys seen that bullshit out there? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's all Greg changed his name already. He I changed my a, name. He needs a bunch of dads to, to go to him and, and really talk to him about what it means to be a father. Because yeah. right now, this guy is the furthest thing from being a father. Right. He has fame. He has fortune on his mind. His heart is not in the right place. That's that awful is a for that really, kid, really sad situation. That probably. kid is going to be so traumatized growing oh, up yeah. from the choices his dad is making right now. And, like, he's answering stuff. And, actually, like, if you guys saw the interview, he's trying to answer it. And, actually, some of them, like, a legitimate way, like, oh, I'm going to train harder. And he says, like, no, nah, man, you're going to you're gonna right, slay yeah. all these women and the yeah. best ever and just, like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, and the craziest part, fellas, is you're an environment of what you were raised in, right? And so right. his father's a complete douche. This kid might grow up and, and be just that because yeah. of his dad. If Either we do that, that or, if, 
if society does not do something well, about either that. that or he's going to have issues because his dad's like that. Like, uh, I know you guys are youngsters, but I grew up watching Gary Coleman. It was the same thing. He was an actor on TV and his parents like ran his life and he hated that shit. It could turn out to be something you know, like that. Jack, you went in the way back machine there. I know, man. I, I, I got into Levar fucking Ball? DeLorean and went back. Do you think he's worse than LeVar Ball is with Lonzo and all them? We didn't get the, all the behind the scenes of them when they were that young. Yeah. Me, yeah. As part of it. I think LeVar Ball, if you watch, and I watched a little bit of their, their little series, he just seems like a great, like he's a great father figure, but he's right. also an entertainer. Yeah, a hype man. He's an entertainer, yeah. a hype man. Yeah, he knows how to bring people, you know, to, to watch him. But he's also a tremendous father to his kids and, and really uplifts them in a way that like shows them their true potential or what they can be. So, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, no comparison for me. Exactly. Hey, I, I, I know we only got about like six more minutes with you. Uh, Dale, did you have something else? Otherwise, I had a, a Bengals related topic before we get him out of here. I mean, I was going to do some more about the draft. Like, uh, okay. Those, yeah, I mean, it can be. The kids are coming down here. If you don't care, I'll – I mean, I'll stay on. Yeah, but it, have a little time. And, Joe, you don't have long, so we can skip back to the draft. I know you were going to get off here too, Joe. Uh, so, yeah. if Game One's got extra time, then you go ahead and get your question in. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just wanted your take as far as the running back room. You know, there's – you know, we, we still don't know – I think the the safe assumption is Mixon is probably going to be our starting running back. Yeah. Week week one. Um, yeah. What do you think about the guys behind him with Chase Brown and Travion as Chris Evans uh, a casualty? Um, what do you think, and what kind of role? There's still a move playing? out there, even for me. Like, yeah, or, there or if there's another move, there's here, here's some top running back names that are still out there. Dominic Don't Cook, Greg Elliott. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hutt, those are just some names that are still out there. That's crazy. Uh, so I don't think the Bengals want to spend any more money on the running back room. I think it's pretty much set in stone. I don't know if they go with three or four. That's going to be a big debate, fellas. When we get to that whole, you know, who is that 53rd man? Who's that 52nd man? That's going to come down to, you know, a Chris Evans, a Stanley Morgan, yes. potentially, you know, a Michael Thomas at the safety position, yep. all these guys, right? But to answer your question on the running back room, I love the fact that they got Chase Brown. Here's a guy that went in the fifth round just because he got a ton of volume in that one year, averaged, I think, over 30 carries per game, right? But he's the exact same change of pace back that you had one time ago in Giovanni Bernard. Like the exact same player. More athleticism, fellas. Like if you actually watch their athletic tapes, Chase Brown's more athletic. And he's built he, – the, the way that he's built – they're, they're similar in build, but Chase Brown models his running game after Joe Mixon. He's got a one cut to him. He's got a lot of elusivity. You know, a younger a younger change of pace Mixon to mix with, you know, the older Mixon. I think that's really great. And let me just say this, too. I think a lot of people are, are underselling what Travion Williams can be. If yes. y'all don't remember that Tennessee Titans game, that third down conversion, I think, in the third quarter, he also had the big play in the fourth quarter. He had the eight-yard carry. When this yep. guy has come on the field, 
he has stepped up time and time again wherever they've asked him to play. When they asked him to play kick returner, he excelled at that. When he's come on the field as a running back, just as a blocker, he's excelled at that. So I, I think this kid really needs to get his shot. And I think he could be a third down back this year with with a, a one-two punch of Mixon and, and Brown. And, 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 you know, Mixon and Brown sharing snaps. But but I, I, I like that in the running back room. And the other thing that I'm hearing, and I'm hearing it from from people who are in the know, is that Chris Evans is, is showing a different side of himself now. Really? Like it, it, so, some people have said that, like, he, he's looking the part and and – so far, he he's impressing coaches. So I don't know if that equals a trade down the line for something that huh. we need. Maybe you know another tight end. I don't know if that that equals him making the roster and potentially filling in elsewhere outside the running back room. But just to have that depth and somebody who's been in the system for four years now that that knows you know where he's supposed to be and when I think it is is something to be valued. So we'll see what ends up happening there. I'm comfortable with the running back room as it is, though. Like, I think Travion can build on what he's done already. I think that Chase Brown is like a gold mine. You're talking about a guy that that had a ton of explosive. I think he was second in explosive runs in the NCAA behind right. Bijan last year. Mm-hmm. Missed forced tackle rate, second in the NCAA. Had a lot of carries. People say eight fumbles. Well, yeah, 30, 32 carries a game. You're going to have eight yeah. fumbles on 32 carries a game. Yeah. I, and Mixon, the other thing too that people want to, you know, shit on this guy for, Mixon had a had a um, he had a ninety carry per per fumble rate too when he came out of college, and he I think he's had three fumbles in the NFL. So the Bengals yeah. know how to clean that up. I, I like yeah. the running back room where it is, fellas. That's that was really well said. The the only quick follow up I had um, about Evans, um, I was listening to Goodberry talk a lot about him. And, you know, we were all I think every Bengals fan at one point or another has clamored for more Chris Evans. And because they see those flashes in the preseason uh, where he's breaking off these long runs, it's getting called back for holding penalties. And I heard Goodberry talking a lot about it. He's like, they're getting called back for holding because he's not going where he's supposed to go. That's correct. The the offensive line is expecting him to go one way. He's going another way. He's not following the play design. It, he's just so athletic that he's able to make move, forces the guy to hold. And then another thing he, he uh, showed was uh, this uh, OTAs, a drill that all the running backs yeah. are going through, where the the running back coach is saying, all right, come to this orange marker and then make your cut and adjust to where you know I plug in this hole. And everyone follows the directions, but Chris Evans ignores it doesn't go to the orange hole he's not following directions and so that's just one very you know small thing but he's which like which is probably why maybe, he's been in the doghouse why we maybe all... that's and maybe these are the kind of things on why he's in the doghouse because he's exactly. just not following directions this is exactly it in order to be on the field you have to be able to take direction and you have to be able to what whatever playbook whatever you know, a coach tells you to do, you have to be able to take that and you have to be able to run with it. He hasn't been able to do that. Why he's on the bench right now and why he's potentially fellas. We can all agree fighting for a roster spot here. Yeah, year, so. 
But if he is showing flashes and he is doing what he's supposed to, and it comes down to keeping four running backs, which I think would be, you know, his spot there. I've said like seven receivers a lot when we do kind of our roster breakdown stuff. Yeah. Um, is there a, tr- I can't remember if it was you on Jeff's show or if it was Tyler on our show Friday night. One of you guys said about Trenton Irwin. Was it you? I, no, no, they could I see Trent Irwin in a trade. That might have been- I said. I said if they're going to keep Stanley Morgan, we got to look at Trent Irwin. One of these guys, you have to be able to stash on practice squad. Who's it going to be? To me, Michael Thomas makes the most sense. He's thirty-three years old. I don't think another team is picking that up in order to put them at safety at this point in his career. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if you're keeping seven wide receivers though. I don't. I. Like if you're keeping four running backs, and the other thing too is you lost Clay Johnston. Who's set? Who's who's stepping up into that role? They got Jalen Moody and they got Shaka Hayward as undrafted free agents uh, from Duke and from Alabama. Both guys that have been big time special teamers. So if one of those guys make the roster, that's just another guy that you're looking right. at that you're protecting. Along with Bocce and so, Bailey and. and and then and then the one I think the one that I I mentioned was Devon Shaw Maxwell. If Devon Sean Maxwell came from Chattanooga, yeah. I think he led that conference in sacks, right? Uh, um, his his entire career, he he set the, the career record for most sacks. If he ends up balling out, they could potentially trade him for something of value, either at the tight end position or elsewhere, just because they've got 10 guys that are pretty much set in stone and and the 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 edge guy the, there was another the other edge piece guy that that they picked up from OU I can't remember his name right now, uh, but uh, Terrell Basham Terrell Basham but but there's just not a lot of room right now on the defensive line, no. so I mean it, some of these guys are going to end up balling out and the Bengals are going to try to make their moves where they can either get extra draft picks or get an extra guy that can help them out in a position of weakness. Hey, well, you talk about like trading, maybe possibly trading for someone else, but at what position do you think that the Bengals would trade to bring someone in? Well, I mean, if center doesn't look good, fellas, on the on the back end, like if Trey Hill still doesn't have any, looks like a cement mixer, then I I, I would think they're probably looking at backup center. Ben Brown, they did right. they did uh, get him in UDFA last year, and he played really well. I think in the in the uh, lead up to the preseason and joint practice, what I saw, and then um, ended up getting hurt. We didn't get to see the full side of himself, but really excited about him, see what he does. That could be the position right there, center guard. However, Cordell Volson has yes, been taking just center snaps. So, see, this team, I'm saying the flexibility, the, 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 um, the versatility that they have. They're so far ahead of all these other teams they're like so far ahead with how they draft how they're looking at these guys high character winning moments i i absolutely love what they're doing how they can slide guys into other positions and it's going to pan out for them in the end yeah they've definitely value versatility and that's when you were talking about like nick scott versus uh rat you know scott's got more versatility and that's who they coveted and they draft guys like that I think that's one of the reasons they really like Miles Murphy is like, you know, they could kick him inside. He's done some three tech, like all of these guys. It's like, 
all of our safety room. It's not just, oh, that guy's a free safety. This guy's a, a strong safety. It's like, no, you can kind of move them all around and let, let Luke cook. And I love what you said about Miles Murphy moving him inside. The NASCAR package is a real thing. It's going to happen this year with Hendrickson, Murphy, Osai. I mean, it's it's going to be crazy, Hubbard. I mean, these guys are really going to get after it this year. And, and, and Lou even said, I don't know what it looks like yet, but this guy's going to play early, often, and on third downs. He's a first-round pick for a reason, people, and they valued him as a top-ten player in that draft. He's going to play significant snaps early and often. And just Osai, at the end of the year, I think week 15 on, he was 40-plus snaps the rest of the season and even into the playoffs. It, it, it did leaps and bounds for the defensive line once they actually let him have you know, full-game snaps. So this year, he's going to get full-game full snaps, Miles Murphy will be in there on third downs, and I think they'll have certain sub packages where they're able to switch these guys in and out. And we're going to get to see probably a, a, a rejuvenated pass rush. In those fourth quarter moments, we're going to see some big time plays from those guys because they're fresh. Man, I am super freaking stoked about seeing this defense this year on our line because I feel like that that's what we missed out last year was a lot of pressure on the quarterback and putting him on his ass. And this year, we got a chance to make these motherfuckers shaking their boots, shaking in their cleats when they come out there and they see Miles Murphy, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson. They're all on the same out there. DJ Reader, Joseph Osai, all those guys lined up, man. I don't give a fuck if you're Pat Mahomes. You ain't running away from all that shit. And Miles yep. Murphy's fast as fuck, too. So go ahead and run, buddy. Yeah, and, and Miles Murphy's like the – he's like the prototypical – he's like Sam Hubbard in that he plays really well in pursuit and contain – but he's also a really good pass, ru- pass rusher that has incredible bend. He's only going to build on that as he only has the one move, the, the stiff arm move. But it, once he builds on that, that's going to get better. Like th- this, this defense, just if they run some twists and stunts, I mean, that defensive line is going to eat up whoever they're playing. And I think what they were like 20th, they were 20th in the league, I think, last year in pressure. And then they were 28th last year, uh, I think, at overall sacks. They're going to get back to the year prior, which was, I think, 43 sacks, which was, I think, 15th or 14th in the yeah. league. I could see it and the then back. some. I could see us at 50, maybe and, even 54. And with Trey Hendrickson on the sideline a little bit more, you know, he's not going to be gassed so much. So when he's in there, he's going to be a lot more effective. So I can see him going back to his prior year and getting more sacks too. Yep. Yep. Hey, I'm a 513. So uh, the one position that I'm a little concerned about right now is tight end. I, you know, I, I mean, I was ready to bet all my money. We were going to come away with the tight end. I mean, this, it just, it just seemed too obvious. We were going to draft tight end, but a lot of tight ends kept going. Bengals did the smart thing by not reaching, but I think you can't blame me for being a little concerned because if Irv Smith goes down, who's had injury issues, you're back to Drew Sample and all that. I just still have a feeling there's a tight end out there on another team that will be on our team this year. Yeah, uh, I gotta believe so too. Uh, watch out too for. I mean, th- this is this is an interesting discovery. But Tanner Hudson was taking the he was taking the snaps when Cal Adamitis was out. Right. I, I, that that might hold some weight to the organization. He might make the roster because he can do multiple things there too. He was with the Giants last year when Daniel Bellinger went down. 
I think he ended up with like five catches for 50 yards against Seattle. So I, I wouldn't rule him out, but I also agree with you that they need to have another presence there, not just Herb Smith. You know, maybe a Noah Fant. There, there's yes. quite a few guys that I'm looking at. Um, the guy who was drafted to the Jets, whose name – oh, uh, Koontz, Zach Koontz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Potentially, yeah. If, if they don't want to go with four there in New England, if Jeremy Rutger in, or, uh, in, with the Jets ends up hitting the free agency market, I could see the Bengals going after him for sure. What so about Uzama? C.J. Uzama. C.J.'s got a uh, – his cap hit's a little high for them to give up on him, though. So yeah. I, they're probably going to hold on to him. But there, there's, there's a few guys out there. Uh, Alberto is the other one from Denver. They ended up getting Dolchich, and then I think they drafted another guy this year. So there's, there's definitely some young talent out there that I think at the end of preseason, teams will be taking a look and saying, I've got four tight ends. Who, who could I reach out to that absolutely needs some, some uh, versatility at tight end or some, some depth at tight end that could give us something back? And you see how we do with late season moves. Like BJ Hill, we traded four years ago. We got Reggie Nelson last. We, we had, so we have good luck doing this. So that's why I'm all for this. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And what one name we, we haven't brought up uh, from the draft classes, our boy, Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle. Uh, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts as far as I think we all expect him to be our go-to returner, but how how much of a role does he carve out? And before you answer, I do have to shamelessly plug. There you go. Uh, our merch store. We got our Chuck Sizzle shirts. Uh, check out uh, Bengals and Brews. Uh, <laughs> I need to change this overlay link in description because I always put the link in, but Dale does it. Uh, but you can go to our Twitter page, uh, get the link there, uh, get your uh, your Chuck Sizzle gear. Uh, so yeah, give give me your thoughts, uh, game on 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 our boy Chuck. Yeah, Chuck came in at one seventy five, five eleven. Not the typical receiver that the Bengals go after. Um, has more of like a Peter Warwick type build to him. But I'll say this: that dude is fast as shit. Number one. Number two, he's versatile. He can play inside and outside. When he was given the opportunity to actually play with Purdue, it was yep. a walk-on originally, I think, at Iowa. It ended was. up being a kick returner. Went to a team where he felt like he was going to get an opportunity. Ended up becoming their number one wide receiver. And in single season, led them with the most receptions ever in the history of their organization. So, I mean, this kid, and then the other thing is his drop rate is like 0.6%. It's crazy. He's had two drops in like 120 receptions. So <laughs> you've got to love that. So what does that bring to the NFL? One of the things that translates most, two, two things that I love, accuracy from quarterback easily translates to the NFL. The other one is if a player is catching the football in college, they're going to catch it in the NFL. And this kid, to me, is sure-handed. It's like the the next the next intern, Tyler Boyd. But then you can also use him outside, inside that versatility, kind of like a positionless wide receiving core. And, and I love – look, guys, when was the last time that we had a punt returner or a kick returner with that kind of put the fear of God in you, right? Yep. I mean, 
fucking uh what's his name uh simmons has been simmons. asking for that for years oh yeah for years he's been asking for a punt return or kick return not since adam pacman jones have we had a guy yeah. that could flip the field for you and put your offense in a in a great position to score a touchdown and this kid is that guy he's going to do it and he's going to build into special teams while at the same time helping out a little bit and the wide receiving court, they're going to find a way to get him on the field for sure, fellas. And if you want to get hyped up about him, just go watch his uh, highlight tape. That's what, you know, Joe Goodberry put it out there like. Because when we drafted him, people were like, Charlie Jones, you yeah. know. And then uh, Goodberry put it out there, and I went and watched his highlight tape at Purdue. That son of a bitch is the truth, man. Right, and right. He's staying every – he's like the last person to leave practice every day. This kid wants it so bad. Right. You know, first in – Last out, you know, Joe's handing him the keys, like, lock up when you leave. Yep. A couple of corners in this draft that, that he that he mossed or took the ball away from. D.J. Turner is one. It's, it uh, is, Garrett it's... Williams over the top at Garrett Williams. Just, just blew right past him. Joey Porter Jr., who will play in our division. Yeah. So, guys, when you're doing that at that level and those guys are going in the first round, you're going down to the fourth, you got something to prove, right? That's number one. But number two, you know that in those situations against that caliber of talent, he's going to win. Now he's going up against nickel corners in the NFL that don't have that type of talent. He's going yeah. to win in those situations, fellas. There's going to be something there. to watch, man. Goes back to Yossi Bosch, like you said, man. There's going to be so many receivers, you're not going to – you can't cover them all. <laughs> but, Greg, this right is what I've been hoping Bosch. for, man. This is what – I mean, think about – last year, fellas, when when uh when Tyler Boyd goes off the field, he yes. goes off the field. We have to rely. Uh oh. Oh, oh, that must be when the kids come down and unplug. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. I got too excited. I got too excited. Hey, <laughs> sorry, right, we uh we we had to rely on Mike Thomas. We had to rely on Mike freaking Thomas that. to come yep. on the field, and he would he would. He would not run his routes in full. There he would, would be drop interceptions. The ball. There would be drop footballs. That Ravens gave it. It just it was right there in his hands, and he drops it on third down. So to not have the Stanley Morgans, the Mike Thomases, these guys that are, are really only good at one thing, and to have versatile receivers like Yoshi and Charlie, it makes all the difference in the world on the back end of that wide receiving core. All the difference. Absolutely. Hey, I – I, I got to get out of here, but um, these guys will keep talking with you. Game on. This was an absolute pleasure. I appreciate your passion. You're so knowledgeable. Let's please have you on again. Yes. I'm sorry I got to run, though. It's been Absolutely, awesome. Absolutely, fellas. See you, Joe. I love it. Thanks. See you. Peace, Joe. Nice to meet you, Joe. Glad he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 513 up, uh, we were talking for the show. Paul Daner wrote a thing, and Paul Daner's a very honest person. Some, I, I like, there's sometimes I'll read an article and I'm like, oh, this isn't, it doesn't sound too fun, but he's always been honest. But his bowls prediction, I couldn't believe when he said we, we, he predicts when we get Joe Burrow signed within a week, he thinks, you know, uh, Wilson and Higgins will get signed and uh, Mixon will take a restructure. If that's the case, I know you'll be on Twitter Spaces probably 24-7 that whole week, and we'll be doing shows. We'll be I'm doing shows. a week off from work, man. Right. I'll yeah. have to be taking a week off from work. We'll be doing three shows a day that week. We multiple, can see, right? multiple Super Bowls coming, fellas. Multiple yes. Super Bowls with Higgins being ready. 
so people don't really I, I think some people are trying to entertain the idea of Higgins being um, either a trade candidate or uh, Higgins not being resignable or we won't be able to resign Higgins. The Bengals have seen light boxes. The defense is typically in a cover two high shell. That means that over the middle of the field underneath is open. It leads you to be able to run the football pretty much at will, and you can run it for five, six yards a clip, okay? The other thing is, if you have a good enough offensive line, the two deep corners are open on that. The Bengals want to run the football in an explosive manner in order to get defenses out of that cover two so that they will get a defense in cover three, cover one, press man, zero, whatever it is, and that's when T. Higgins and Jamar Chase take advantage of the defense. So T. Higgins is absolutely imperative to re-sign to this organization because we want to keep that competitive edge when we're playing defenses that don't primarily play a cover two. And also, if they're in a bind where they have to play man, and you fellas know when you're in the red zone, you pretty much have to play man or you have to play you can't play cover two, especially when you're on goal line. That's where we cook. We're top yeah. five in red zone efficiency for a reason, fellas. It's because T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both yes. on the field at the same time. Absolutely. And, uh, well, I was going to say, um, do you think that's a reason we've seen Joe doing a little more play action and things like that in practice because we don't do a lot of under center to have to do play action, but it's because of that cover two and they're trying to find that extra wrinkle to be like, okay, we're going to pound the ball maybe a little more. I don't, I still don't see us running the ball like a ton more, but we're going to have to make teams think about that. And the play yeah. action decides that extra wrinkle. Do you think that's why we're seeing it as a lot because of that cover two in practice uh, at least? I think it has more to do with how you see the combinations of honor center versus in shotgun. Last year when we were under center, we were more either we were. We were going for a one-yard carry on goal line, or we were going to try to quarterback sneak it. It was very telling. There wasn't any pass towards that. It was that. It was that HB toss. You remember that play to the right side? Everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, no, please!" So they have to mix in a little bit more if they're going to go under center. A little bit more under center has to be mixed in. Otherwise, I just like to see him stay in shotgun the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to bring variation, you have to be able to make it non – like you you can't, can't be let the defense be able yeah. to see it, right? If we're under center, they know, oh, it's a run play. The Bengals run it every time they're under center. So we got to be able to mix in some of those passes. And that well, When they get in the red zone, we need to run it because uh, Porkchop got a bet, man, if we – if we uh, score a running touchdown in every single game, my ten bucks equals a thousand dollars. I turned into I went all Derek on that one. I was gonna say Derek over here. Where's the Derek man? Ten bucks turns into a yeah. thousand if we get a touchdown, but, running touchdown in every game. But uh, yeah, give, my, give a five one three back to Orlando. Well, we heard Orlando Brown is Porkchop's best friend because we, me and Porkchop, both got to meet him twice. Like for the Cincy hat thing that when they had down at the Holy Grail. My I, I mean. You look, wow, at the look at that! I look at that see that smile on Zeus's that's, face? That's awesome. Yeah, he didn't yeah, smile that lap. big for anybody else, man. Yeah. Sitting in his lap. That's yeah, awesome, dude. Yeah, 
No, we both got to meet. I got to meet him because I won a thing and all that. It was after work. I was tired and I get a random phone call. I thought it was a scam. Greg, inter- Greg introduced us. I'm like, who is this? He's like, you won the Orlando Brown thing. Oh, never mind. Thank you so much. I'll be there tomorrow and all that and stuff. So <laughs> just such a nice guy, Orlando Brown is. And when we got to see him with Ted Karras and Cordell Bolson at the Cincinnati event, those guys were there. I, we, I probably could have gotten like 20 items signed by all three of them if I wanted to. Wow. They were sitting there for probably, what, poor shop, two or three hours after the event. Just oh, awesome. man. They were there for like, I mean, a total of like six hours. Yeah. Like, at I, least. That, that's awesome. See, that's where you know, like, yeah. Bengals fans, it's it's easy to to get with these guys, to be able to to meet them, to be able to, to – I said this before. You know, past the Marvin Lewis era, now into the Zach Taylor era, now more than ever, the fan base is more connected yes. to the players than they ever have been. And that's through social media. That's through these events. That's through what uh, Elizabeth is doing. That's through what Katie is doing. This is a change that the organization absolutely needed. And you just absolutely love to see it, that, that the fan base is so connected to these players. Well, hey. I think it's twofold there. They bring in high-character guys that – are out there doing stuff for charity and they're out there and they're just nice guys. You know, they're good, open, genuine people. Number one in general, we've yeah. heard some ex players were just assholes. Right. Poor chop. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they are. Don't get poor me started. Chop used to be a bouncer, but yeah. Hey, um, also, you know, you were talking about uh, the Blackburns being connected to the fan base. Well, in Greg's section, uh, is it Katie or is it Elizabeth Blackburn sits yeah. in the section? Uh, yeah, we can't Elizabeth. No, 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 we, we can't say. We can't say. But uh, yeah, don't say. She's bad. I won't say the section, but she's like up there in the three no. hundreds, man. She's no, not in the box. That's, she's watching see, the game. That's her spot. She sat there all season. No, as but, a as a fan, fellas, there's nothing you want more than your ownership group to sit with you at a game, cheering on your team, and to be able to celebrate with you. I mean, her walking past people probably either signing autographs, talking to them about the team, engaging with them. She knows, man. Elizabeth knows. She's my age. Yeah. She knows the 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 intensity, the the energy that this fan base has towards this team. She knows the love that we've right. had for this team for so long and how much we've just wanted them right. to just just try from that aspect, yes. from the social aspect right. of connecting the fan to the player. Well, you know, I met her at Taste of Bengals, just one of the nicest people you'd ever meet. You would never thought, oh, I'm part of, I'm related to the Bengals ownership. She is not like that at all. Such so just such a very humble person. You look at her in interviews, she probably, she actually goes out and talks to people. She would be a perfect candidate for undercover boss who goes undercover and asks people. She would have been the perfect, she, she would fit perfectly on that show because she goes and talks to people. I mean, I mean, she's like just such a such a humble person. Someone you could who knows what the fans think. She knows what they're thinking. The one, the one post that I saw was, um, I think it was when they did the when they did the super fans event, right? And yeah, it, it was because the the jerseys came out and some super fans had some great things to say about it. They ended up getting to go to the stadium. Then one of the fans ended up asking her where she got her jacket, and she ended is. up giving them. The jacket off of her back. It was Yas. I remember that. When have you ever seen that out of an owner, or when have you ever seen that out of out of uh, somebody that is that is prominent within an organization? Just giving you the jacket off their back. It speaks to 
you know, what has happened, how, the transition of her taking over and, and this just, just absolutely reshaping itself. Well, I'm pretty sure they all had a beer together. So, like, who wouldn't want to fucking have a beer with their favorite teams? Like, right. ownership right. group, you know? Right. No, but, like, no, no, I remember that was Yas. Yas was talking about that. She's like, oh, that's a nice jack. She's like, oh, here, you want it? No, I remember she was talking about that on a show. She said she said, she said it was so unbelievable. I mean, that. It just, the, just the more you learn about it, like, I, I, I can't wait till she owns the team one of the – like, I, I fully trust her being the owner one of these days. 100%. <sighs> But but the experience now at a yes. football game, better than it's ever been. Absolutely, so good. Yeah, the night games are unreal. The the investment they made in the lights, just to to make it a spectacle instead of just another game. Like no, nope, everything you know, they've done. Just think about what we were at five years ago. Nobody's bitching about the ownership right now. No. I mean, when Mike Brown walked across the field, he's wearing that uh, starter jacket or whatever. People were making good comments. They weren't saying anything shitty about him right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we, we can talk some Reds, David, but yeah, no one wants to have a beer with Castellini. No. Yeah. <laughs> not e- hey, not even on fucking three, two, no. one night. No, five ones. I have to ask. I mean, like, look, I'm over it now. Happy the Reds are winning, but when the comments, where are you going to go? I-, I wanted to say, say much people you want about Mike Brown, but I have never in my life here make any such comments like that ever in my life. Uh, what if kind of talk threatened to move? Like, <laughs> well. You know, I hope you don't kill me for saying this, but what a fucking moron to come out and to show the fan base a PowerPoint on why the team won't make uh, a playoff. And now he looks like a complete idiot because the team is playing so well that it seems like it's going to be difficult for them not to make a playoff. Like there's just too many studs for them to to fail at this point. So what an idiot. Why would you ever? And, And Talk about doing that before the season started, right? Before you're trying to get people to come to the ballpark to watch your team, to invest in your team, to 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 you know have that camaraderie. What a buffoon! An well, absolute. Buffoon. I mean, where else are you gonna go? Where are you gonna go? Five one three. And, and guess what? Guess what? FCC first place. They yep. sell out every night they play in Cincinnati. We're going to the game. Me and Greg are, are going to the game on the first. We don't even watch soccer. We're going to the goddamn game because it's electric, man. The vibe in Cincinnati is hot. You can feel the electricity in the air. That's why we're three-way city, man. All three teams right now, just hot. You couldn't ask for a better situation, man, right? Don't forget, Greg, the Cyclones were in the playoffs this year, too. All right, four-way, man. Four-way. You can have it three-way. You can have it four-way. We're not going to judge. Doesn't matter at all, man. We need our basketball team back. We need the Royals. Yes, we do. Let's do it, man. Well, let's ready. do it. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, like I said, this is just an exciting time in general to be a Cincinnati fan. You know, like I say, I'm happy the Reds are doing better, but I just quit watching the Reds because of that comment last year. But I'm just so happy hey, I have something that distracts me before football season. Because I'm sure you're like me. I'm like, this is going by so slow this summer has. Like, yeah. I need something to keep me going right now. And I'm I'm so happy the Reds are. I have that excitement back for the Reds. Now, I will toss in the Votto thing, right? Votto's back, and I, I know our buddy Coach Cam's been on there like, okay, how much does he really fit in? Is it, Could this uh, hinder this young team with him just jumping in? And, I mean, he wasn't even really hitting at the AAA level, and he's, I mean, he's 39 years old. So I know this is not a popular topic, but if we're going to talk Reds, I feel like it's a, 
a fair thing to talk with Votto coming back. He's in the lineup tonight, right? Batting, I think sixth. Six. Is that what? Yep. That what it was. So yeah. I'll, I'll ask you game one, and then you know Greg and Chop, you can answer that too. Do you see? I I mean, not that Votto's not a high character guy, this, that, and the other, but do you see just the the way the team's been playing that him coming back could stifle them in a way, just maybe play on the field even. <sighs> Or is that just blasphemy we're not allowed to talk about? No, no. I, I think part of he's right. I think the other part is – so in June, I think he ended up with nine hits and 37 at-bats. He had like a 162 average. But his OBP was over 300. I think it was 358. Um, so he still he, – he had 13 walks in the month of June. I mean, if he's still walking at that clip, I think where the team sees the value is just for him to just get on base and then the guy behind him to be able to hit. So Stevenson's that guy or, you know, it, it in a given night, it could be steer or somebody of that nature to, to knock in guys. You're just talking about a free base runner at this point in his career, either getting a single or a walk. Um, but the, the average itself and, and what, what he does for the team, I just think he brings a, a veteran presence to the team that, that they haven't had. Now, having said that, I remember Ken Griffey Jr.'s end, and it came fairly abruptly at the beginning of, of, his, of that year, year 40 mark, right? Um, so it, it feels like it's close to that. We'll see, but I hope I I hope to God he turns it around because I love Joey Votto. And I would love know. to see him part of all this, you know, winning, and he's just a piece of it. And then they do make a run. That would be awesome. Craig, you flipped your fucking uh, <laughs> you whole did, setup around. Well, wait, we're talking Reds, man. So I had to switch on the other side of the room and all that, man. I figured I'd give this a try and all that. But um, you know, Joey Votto, like I know there was talk, like you know, he might be a cancer in the locker room, or like you know, he. Might be a problem. Like he has never in his life ever been a problem or anything. I was gonna say I, I want to. I was definitely not saying. I know. Like I just want to no, clarify that I was. No, 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 no. I, I just saw it was posted somewhere, and you know, he's never in his life ever been a problem or anything, and all that. I just look at his. Hey, we're adding extra weapon right here, you know, in Joey Votto. So I, I'm. I don't think it would be an issue at all or anything. That's what I was thinking. You know what? I'm not saying he was going to be a cancer, but I was like the the team has got this chemistry going on now. Right. And then here we bring Votto back in. I didn't watch the Reds before, you know, I didn't watch baseball. I'm going to be honest. I thought the game was fucking boring as shit. You go in there. I, I tried it when that guy, the uh, they had that pitcher from uh, Washington or whatever came into town, Strasburg, right? Long right. time ago. And I'm like, man, I need something besides football. So I turned that game on when he came to the great American ballpark. Fucking place was sold out. Everybody wanted to watch that kid. So I'm at home and I'm like, oh yeah, that game's on. So let me let me just try to get into baseball. I need something besides football because the offseason, there's just not shit. So I turned it on. It's like the fifth inning, right? And I'm like watching it and it's so fucking slow. You know, now they sped up the pitch thing, so it's a little bit faster, but I'm like, fuck this. I turned it off. I turned on another show. I watched a whole other show and I turned it back on. It was the seventh inning. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What the hell? I was like, fuck it. I wasn't doing baseball. And then I just started watching like a month ago. This t- I'm on. I- I'm a bandwagon motherfucker for the Reds. I am too. I am I'm- on the bandwagon. I'm helping motherfuckers on. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm worried about the chemistry. But Jimmy, our buddy Cincy Jimmy, a friend of the show, man, he broke it down to me. He was like, 
he's not going to come in there and misplace somebody else. He said, because I no. asked him about Spencer Steer. I said, well, where's he going to go? You know, they're going to, he, he had a fucking home run yesterday. So they're getting rid of him. And he's like, he's playing oh, outfield tonight. Yeah. That's it. He said, they're going to play him on outfield. Votto be first base. And all we're doing is add another weapon. And Jimmy said, that Joey Votto like has an incredible eye with a bat, and he's like the best player, if not one of the best players, the best player in the game to be able to see the ball the way it's coming, and he's a huge asset to the team. And I trust, you know, the people that we fuck with, and Jimmy's one of the guys I fuck with. And so if he's telling me that this is an added weapon, I trust Jimmy like I trust Luana Rumo with our defense. Well, I would just say for me personally, I was so ready to bring up uh, Encarnacion Strand who's hitting like almost 350, that if we were going to be bringing up somebody, I kind of wish it was him. Maybe that's just my part of me. Like, I think he would have the bigger, better impact. And that's not a knock on Votto. Like, some of these young guys we're bringing in are absolute fucking, like, stud potential superstars. You know? Right. We have a shitload of them, and it's it's working. Abbott, the pitching, the guys, everybody they're bringing up is, like, hitting the – Top notch of and well, not even the top notch of what they could be because Ellie is kind of in a slump, yet he changes games by fucking running down the base path and fucking hustling. And he's so damn fast, yeah. Then we hit a fucking three run homer right up, two run homer right after that, and tie the fucking game yesterday. Imagine when he's not in a slump right now, right now. And Carnacion Strand is batting 348, he has 17 home runs. 47 RBIs, and he has a 1.108 OPS in AAA. Okay. We are. We, I we can't do this. I just got the show. I just got the new show. I had to get the new show. The Reds are so exciting. We, 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 we would absolutely love to have that on the team. But let me say this. So, a couple of things. Number one, you talked about being a bandwagon, poor child. I don't think you're a bandwagon. I just think that Cincinnati fans, more than any other fan base, We'll go to a game when the team is good. And we drive accountability by not going to games. We drive accountability by not watching the team. It's not that we don't love the team. We don't like the owner, yes. personally. That's number one. But we, number want to two, see eff- we want to see an effort into winning. Yes, exactly. That's it. We want to see that effort. Somebody who gives a shit about the fan base and cares about winning meaningful games, especially – when it comes time to September, October. Or the players are so fun, like these young guys, that you just can't help but. The beautiful part about these young players, we have never had this much athletic talent on this roster. Ever. Maybe ever. Maybe ever, right? Ellie, McLean, Steer, India. Benson. Benson's a hell of an athlete, too. There's there's so many great athletes on this roster, fellas. So many great. And And then you're talking about the pitching staff. We've got young guys, guys that just came out of the minors last year or the year prior, and they're playing really well, the Hunter Greens of the world, the Lodolos of the world. And so this team, and then Abbott. Yeah, course, Abbott hasn't given up a run. Abbott hasn't even given up a run. It's so, like the Bengals, man. They're, they're, they're young. They don't know yes. that they're supposed to lose, you know? Exactly. That's where it is, man, because with the Reds, we haven't won a playoff series in how long, right? It's been maybe 95. Yeah, I, I believe the so. last time when we went to the when we went to the a- or NLCS uh, and lost to the Braves. So the Reds, like right now, 
these guys are feeling the exact same way those Bengals were feeling in 21. Yes. They don't yes. give a shit about the yes. person, nor do they hey, know and anything in about it. We didn't start off great in 21 either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And went to this fucking Super Bowl. And the Reds are coming half game. They're half game out, right? Is yeah. that am I right? Half game out of first place. Yeah. Right? Well, 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 you know, following three, you brought up a good point because everybody thinks the breaking point was that Steelers game where our third string quarterback was playing, and they asked, I believe, I forget if it was Von Bell or somebody. They're like, look, a lot of us were on the Bengals at the time. We don't give a crap about the Steelers. We've all beaten the Steelers on separate teams and all that. And like you just said with the Reds right now, like. We don't know about the past. We're just here to win right you now. You think that. Ellie De La Cruz cares that they got no hit by Roy Halladay? No. Hell no. He doesn't care. He's going to go out there. He's going to give it his all, and he's probably going to succeed. Because dude is tremendously athletic. and the, Like all of these guys, there's probably eight or nine guys on this roster that I've said the window right now, fellas, it's five years. Five-year window. Yes. I mean – when was the last time we had five years? <laughs> we just don't have it because it's usually, you know, you got multiple veterans or you're like, we're going to have to make X amount of trades to, to really compete here. We're kind of in the middle. Are we a rebuild? Are we going for it? We don't know what we're doing, even in the good years. Like, this just feels different, and it feels man, special. I'm telling yeah. you, goddamn, this year, I, I just feel like this year, man, we could have the MLS Cup. I feel like we could have the World Series, and I feel like we could have the fucking Lombardi all in the same year right here in fucking Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. Little town, USA. Let's go. Let's fucking go. And things happen in multiples, Porkchop. When when the Bucks won the won the Super Bowl, the Lightning won the championship for the NHL. When the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship. When this, when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls, the Red Sox won a couple World Series during that same time. So it's Alex. it's absolutely possible to have multiples, and it, and it's happened in the past time and time again. It could happen in Cincinnati. I'm telling you right now, man, we get the World Series in the Lombardi this year. I'm fucking going to the top of the Crew Tower and taking all my goddamn clothes off. <laughs> so five one three. I posted this on Twitter. This was a fun topic. Ella De La Cruz. I mean, you look how athletic he is. Big dude runs fast. If he was on the Bengals, if he played in the NFL, just in general, what position would you put him at? Yeah, there, there's no other position than wide receiver, dude. I mean, I mean you're talking about oh, wide yeah. receiver's number one, but I said corner's number two. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. said he's tall, but he is yeah, fast as say, shit man, for like his six height. Five, six five corners, but just... he is so fast though. Can, can I tell yeah. you? Can I tell you that uh, Chris? So the fastest sprint speed in the NFL was 22, I think, 22.74 miles per hour last year. Ellie De-, De La Cruz runs the base paths 30.6 miles per hour. Oh, fellas. my God. This motherfucker. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy that probably probably would annihilate the, the 4-2 easily, I think. Easily. And, and you're talking about a guy who would be the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. I just – I would love to see him at wide receiver for the Bengals. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, you know, I think we years ago. I remember we drafted John Ross. That we won, we so badly wanted to do a race between John Ross and Billy Hamilton. But Marvin's like, oh no, but John Ross doesn't need to get hurt. Well, he got hurt anyway. But no, that's a different story and all that. I forget who was it. They said I think it was DJ Turner and no, David Bruce. They were they, saying, um, they were saying, uh, Jeff Chase. was saying, Strawberry Ice was saying oh, Chase. I'm, Chase like, I'm like, what about DJ Burner? For the team, he was saying. You want to draw like people into it, it would be Chase bigger name yes. against Ellie De La Cruz because DJ Turner being a rookie. But 
But I said just toss in four or five guys, and you know, then you toss in That's DJ right. Turner and Chip. Bo Jackson's nephew apparently ran a four two five. I've right. seen that the other day. Who's on like uh, you know in here as an undrafted free agent at wide receiver? I'm like shit. Toss him in that race too. There you hey, go. Get, get a Yoshi boss. I knew that one was coming, Greg. Yeah, that was coming. Come on, I had yeah. to get a couple that. guys. Get a couple guys. They did say that he ran like a. It was like a five four two and a sixty yard. They do sixty yard dashes. Yeah, they have Tatlon. Yeah, that he does so, is a sixty yard. I mean that. That's still incredibly fast. They're talking when this guy came up, meter. they were saying he had the fastest triple ever recorded. I think that was his sec that might have been his second hit or his third hit. And then he also had the fastest first base time. He he also had the fastest first base of the team that year on his very first hit. And then he had the fastest double on the team in his first or in his second hit. So I mean this this guy is electric, electric speed. Yeah, here's some of yeah. them feet per second, 30.8, fast in baseball. Hey, when he gets on first base, they just might as well let him go ahead and go to third. I mean, because exactly. he's going to steal the motherfucker. I would have him stealing, too, when he does get on. I'd have him stealing basically every time unless every there's a guy single on time. Well, he reminds me of Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson could hit an easy ground out. He'll get, he'll get, he was so fast to get on first base. That, and that's yeah. exactly what Taylor Cruz is doing right now. As I long know. as he doesn't strike out, the man's, you know. I think the Put one the that you're looking play. at is uh, Ricky Henderson's steal record. That's the one you got to watch out for, fellas, because I think what he's played in, like, how many games? He's played in maybe 10, 12 games. And he's, he, every, it seems like every time he gets on or every other time he gets on, it's, it's like he, he's getting a steal or two a game. So, yeah, this, this guy is crazy. Yeah, so Michael Coffey here for the podcast listeners. It's saying that's about 21 miles per hour. So the way okay. the NFL does it and the way baseball I, I does it, it then. it's a different way that they calculate it, but it's still very close to, like, the elites. Like, you know, you'll see, oh, this run was – he's right there in that mix. Yeah. And he I hasn't tell you had 300-pound guys that he, he just went through the line worried about, you know. I heard 30. Said. I'm sticking with 30. <laughs> So five one three. Another one, McLean. I mean, McLean just gets on base like crazy and all that. Man, he is just an absolute dynamite. I mean, he's going to be that Barry Larkin type of guy. I think Dale was talking about this. He'll be a better average guy than probably Lacruz. Well, I mean, Lacruz is still the best all around player, but McLean. I have to add in this also. Since his name is McLean and Die Hard gets brought up, please be on my good side here. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh man, I think it's got to be right. No, fucking Change your name. Your name is off the list. No, you're not my best. You're not my best friend anymore. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what my favorite. No, it's late. You're not my best friend. I'll tell you what my favorite Christmas movie is, though. My favorite Christmas movie is obviously Christmas Vacation. God, what? Chevy Chase. I hate. No, I hate. We we did a whole Christmas bracket, and I told him I hate Christmas. Dude, you're really. Home Alone oh, 2 is number one. Home Alone 2, then Home Alone. Home Alone 2. I love Home Alone 2. I love it. Honestly, personally, I would just say if I'm trying to get a fired up action movie during Christmas time, it's probably Die Hard that I'm thinking of, right? Uh, did anybody ever watch uh, uh, what was that? Violent Night with the guy yes. who's on Stranger Things? Did yes. You, 
I because I watched it and I said, "That's really fucking good." Did you think yeah. it was good, Chop? Yeah, I thought it was great, man. I love that, that movie, Violent Night. You guys, I have to check it out. It just it's, came out this past uh, Christmas or whatever, that. but it's out now on like DVD. You haven't and seen shit. it, Game On? No, I haven't seen uh, it. It's probably on one of those streaming services now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it's got the uh, sheriff from uh, uh, Stranger Things. He's oh, he's shit. Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Santa Claus, and he goes like, and he fucks yeah. shit up. But it all like makes sense in a way, even of like right who, why he is who he is. Yeah. So five one three on rally one Friday night. It was me, Santori, James, and Dale here. We just did a Christmas movie bracket, and it got a little intense with me, especially and all that and stuff. And like when I said I hate Christmas vacation, I think they were like, "Are you serious? What the <laughs> fuck, David? David, go go away. I hate you. I don't even <laughs> met you, but Dale, I don't care if that's your brother or not. Tell me, get the hell out of here. I mean. <laughs> I like Home Alone, and I like Forrest Gump, so we clearly disagree here. Hey, those those are classics, right? Yeah. Forrest Gump, classic. Right. Home Alone, classic. And then uh, Gremlins, Greg. Greg's too scared to fucking watch Gremlins, Crip. <laughs> right. It's not a Christmas. Not before Christmas is not a Christmas movie. I like <laughs> Gremlins I and Cats, man. Greg can't do them. I can't do it, man. I, I, I got I, like I got fucking a shit ton of cats in my house, and when they dropped me off Four Locos, Greg wouldn't come anywhere near the door no. to walk me in. No, absolutely not. I but, saw him um, on my ring doorbell hanging out all the way back by the street. But but five one three other other than Lacruz, obviously, like whether it's McLean or anybody else that just came up or Abbott is like who who's the other rookie you're just so excited? Change that subject real quick, real fast. Cat. They're talking uh, about cats. He's like, what about McLean? I mean, it, it's gotta it's gotta be McLean. But I mean, for me, I, I'm really really just excited about Abbott, man. I'm really excited about Abbott. I mean, a guy that goes seventeen and a third without giving up a run, and he looks good, and the strikeouts aren't there yet, but when they come in, man, we could be talking about Cy Young winner. Yes. I mean, and, young, and, we're and about, that young, a guy that young that's that good. Not a guy you had to get in free agency that then's going to turn into a total crazy bastard that won the Cy Young. Everybody's like, oh, it's easy, no runs. It's like, why Trevor hasn't Bauer. it been done since 1893 then? I'm sorry. I'm exactly. believing in this guy. Yeah, when I saw that, I said, wait, wait 1893? I'm like, damn. That doesn't say 1893. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, did they get that right? I'm like, gee, I didn't even know they had news from 1893. Baseball's weird, man. They got yeah. stats from way back. But, yeah, man, we've done – Chop, you got work too, don't you? Yeah, it was just – you know, I'm having such a good time. I know it's I got to go to work. Well, some, they, we'll they to, frown on it when you come in late. Yeah, and you better wash those balls. I mean, you already got them hanging out. You know, <laughs> Don't worry, I, man. Hey, when I'm in the shower, just like every guy, that part gets scrubbed the most. There you go. True. Lamb. Armpits and balls. Let, let me ask you guys, how about how – about, so for Thanksgiving, there, there's a Thanksgiving movie that I absolutely love. I watch I it every year for Thanksgiving. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, That's a great movie, yes. Yes. Every Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, I gotta watch it multiple times. Yeah. Those I'm two free. guys, right? Is it back? Is he me. back, Greg? Is he back? You want to hurt me? Go right ahead. It makes you feel any better. Yeah, John, I'm Candy. Mason Target. Dude, dude, yeah. that 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 is what. All right, so you're back on my good side now. I like. <laughs> I had to end on the good side. Yeah, you know what? Oh, you go. I had we'll to. Save, we'll save best writing. Thank back God, for we don't want day, you guys right? to meet in public and fucking big savage. No man, no, no, I'll go with savage. Yeah, because I have been in savage mode. It's not pretty. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. best running. Oh, I want to do best running back. Let's do right, who is it? Who is it? Oh, 
Oh, shit. Um, I need to think about this, actually. No, there's no thinking. It's. Are you going to hate me if I say Marshall Falk? <laughs> but it's Barry Sanders. Uh, I like Marshall Falk, though. But it's Barry, Barry Sanders, Sanders was the whole team, though. Barry Sanders, like Corey, D- Corey Dillon's super underrated, too, man. Yeah. Corey Dillon, for his era, what he did, he was the whole team. Think about Achilles Smith, yeah. Scott Mitchell, these quarterbacks, terrible. Towards the end of his career, he had Jeff Blake, finally a, a competent enough quarterback. Right. But, I mean, he was the entire team, Corey Dillon was. And you're talking about Cole Pickens and Darnay Scott on the same roster? Right. Theft that we didn't have a good quarterback well, then. But, that's what, but you're yeah. right. Barry Sanders, when he played, man, Nobody. okay. That's fair. That's fair because they compared him to Walter Payton. Walter Payton was incredible, too. Did Both Greg just change your mind, were, game on? Yeah, Marshall Falk, though, <laughs> for me. So, so growing up, right? Madden just came he said Marshall Falk still, Greg. Get oh, okay. Well, I was close. Madden I like Marshall Falk on what was it? I think it was either PS2 or PlayStation in like '99, 2000, and the greatest show on turf. Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, Tory Holt. I mean, that was my childhood, man. That that's what. I mean, he was he was just so spectacular what he could do in the past. He was a because he was a receiver as well as a running back. And there just wasn't there wasn't many guys like him in the league. But I'll give it to you. Barry Sanders is right freaking there for me. I mean, it's place. That's get a that's room. Tough. Get a fucking room. Hey, I bet you I bet you Greg doesn't have any pants on either. I bet when he switched that fucking camera over to the red side, he slipped his pants <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> My brother's favorite Thanksgiving movie is the Lions getting the shit kicked out of him every Yeah, day. that's that's a unlike any right, other. Right. Dale, what did I do to David here? I already met David and he's already shitting on me right now. What what have I done to him? You got that what goddamn you, baby face, man. David likes a uh, what, what have you said to me about him? What have you said about me to him is the question. That it's so fun to give you shit, you get so fired up. <laughs> Uh, that, that adds up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I literally said to him last week. <laughs> yeah, because if you know, at the end, so at five or three, like at the end, of the- I told you he's already typing it out before I even said it. <laughs> no, so, so five or three, like I, I got this huge debate between, por- por- between uh, Strawberry and Dale, and at the end, like, yeah, Greg, we agree with him. Like, what the hell was the point of this five minute rampage I was on? Uh, just it was to see, fun. You. it was entertaining. Hey, you when when you get going, you get fired up. You're like me, man. So yeah, I, I've had it before where friends just try to fire you up to get you on a rant, and then once right. you get going, they're like, oh, "We were just well, man. well we so I got a family member that. that tries to do it to me more, but I just give him answers he doesn't want to hear because he tries to get the but he tries to get me riled up, and I and I just give him answers he doesn't want to hear. It's like, what the heck, Greg? And I'm like, I will yeah. say, I do think Randy Moss should be in the conversation for best receiver ever. Based on if we're saying based on talent like Barry Sanders, because Barry Sanders didn't win and like Rice won and yeah, he holds a lot of records, but he also did it for like twenty years, you know. Is it is it I mean it's it's uh it's it's rice, it's it's T O and it's Moss, right? Those are the three like Moss was so special with like I don't know, T O is a freak too. But well, Moss would be go Moss. for like, and maybe Moss just hit me, like hit me at my time, you know. Moss like hit me at my time. I'm 38, so like when he was coming right. up, it was just like so fun to fucking watch him as a rookie, as everything. All right, well, Chuck, I got, I got better, a piece yeah. out. You guys stay on here and bullshit. Well, we're almost an hour and a half in. We'll just have I hate to, to do ruin it again, a good time. You know? we, we gotta do this again, man. 
Yeah, for sure. Right, man. Absolutely. Game on. Appreciate it, man. You were awesome as always. Hey, I tell hey. everybody, look, hey, if you want to, whoever's listening, if you want to have me on your podcast, all you got to do is ask. Some Dude. people are just afraid to ask. I literally look at all of my DMs. If you want to DM me, you want me on your podcast, we'll talk Bengals. I'd love to do it. Absolutely, this, man. This will not be the last, trust me. Let me just let me say one thing before we go, unrelated to that, but something we got going on, Game On. I want to I, I want to pimp it out before we go. Is we're getting ready to give away an autographed Ted Karras. Well, Game On, Game On did a fifty dollar donation as well. So wow, oh so good. So this could be your hat, Game On. Yeah, signed uh, by I, Ted Karras. Who day? Man, Ted Karras sixty four. We're going to be it. giving that away. Uh, Ted Karras is going to be on the show soon, and he's going to announce the winner. Uh, this charity, uh, the Village of Marici, takes care of adults with Down syndrome and autism, which is very close to me. My my grandson has autism, so it's a real close charity to me. And uh, so far, I mean, we have raised uh, over a thousand dollars for this charity on this between, on this yeah. hat giveaway, and between we're looking to we're looking to go more. So, but the time is running out. So, anybody that wants to get in on this, all you got to do is go to uh, if you if you go to the Cincy Hat. On Twitter, you can link up to the Cincy Hat. You can buy a hat, make a purchase. Yeah. A the hat. website is thecincyhat.com. You can as well purchase a hat, right a T-shirt. Uh, they have polos. You, you purchase any of those and send us a DM with your proof of purchase, and we'll enter you to win. Uh, or you can just simply make a minimum donation of $10, and you can send us the proof of that, and we'll also put you in the raffle to win this hat. And that we don't know when it's going to be over the raffle. It's going to be very soon. Uh, cause we've been in contact with Ted and so he's going to be coming on soon to announce the winner. So everybody go make a purchase, make a donation for a great fucking cause. That's yeah. the best prize right there is making a donation to that charity. And yes. then just for doing that, you got a chance to win this autographed Ted Karras hat. Yeah. And game on. Thank you for your donation. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Um, awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what a, what a tremendous person Ted Karras is. Oh, he's amazing. We're so blessed to have 100%. Is there another guy? I hope you guys watch that Pat McAfee episode where he went on and basically just said, man, ever since I've come to Cincinnati, I just feel the love of the city within me. I, I reciprocate that back to them. We all want to win a Super Bowl, and it's not just for us guys. It's absolutely for the city of just amazing fans. And we love him. No, yeah. no. When he was at the Holy Grail, he was going around cheering, hyping up all the fans. You would have thought he was a Cincinnati guy his entire life. He's, he shows it everywhere he goes. He said he went from Boston D-lister to Cincinnati A-lister. Yes. <laughs> wow. Man, Ted, thank, hey, thank you, Ted, for being here. Love you, Ted. You, man. Love and, uh, you, Ted. And thank you, Game On, for the donation. I know Chop, your friend John, come through with the big yep. purchase and donation last night. John took John went all three ways. He got a, a shirt, a hat, and yeah. a, a donation. <laughs> three-way three John. But man, I'm just so thankful. And like I said, ten dollars that's just the minimum through every little bit helps me. Oh, you gotta I'm so do. thankful, man, for all of you. I know poor Chop is a little emotional, got me a little emotional last night. Just talking about what we're a little bit we're able to just help with it you know right. is, is really awesome man so we appreciate being able to just be a small part of it so uh but yeah uh go to work poor chop wash your dirty balls Let's i'm gonna see. wash my balls and i'm taking them <laughs> to the hospital yes <laughs> all right i'm out man i love you guys love you bro yeah